everybody. Welcome to episode 64 of It's Just Bodybuilding. We're actually recording uh, nighttime here. Dusty Hanshaw, myself, Big Ron Partlow. It is the eve of the U.S. election, and it's just bodybuilding. We're here. We're two days in a row. Now, are you are you are you USA colors on purpose? It just naturally happened. It just because I wanted to wear a red hat, so I wanted to, but I wanted to tie it in. Yeah, and there no. it was. We got my Superman colors, so hopefully it's a Superman man. kind of night. You know, yeah, no, man. We're uh, very excited. We have uh, an Olympia bodybuilder on tonight, Akeem Williams, super freak, super freak. Absolutely. Literally and one of the freakiest humans I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. He's he's one of those guys. I'm looking forward to it. Akeem's a great guy. Uh, I've had the fortune of training with him and uh, hanging with him, and and uh, he's definitely going to have some some interesting stories because oh. I know what it I know what it takes to look like that. So I don't because I've never looked like it, but I've known people. <laughs> that look like I'm saying that. you know technically <laughs> I've, I've, I've watched, watched a video, so off my dogs are getting a little they're a little excited because the election's happening they're supposed to be at the dog park right now i swear my dogs have both they have watches i don't know so i have a questions um yes. so both of your dogs are home right now <clears throat> yes but i thought only one graduated oh they both graduated ah i did did <clears throat> i miss a post? see now no, I, we, we, I saved it i say i'm saving harvey's for because i'm getting a lot of I was getting a lot of questions about uh, about what was what they were like when they got home. So I wanted to kind of get a week, get used to it, you know, and now they're back. So everything's on point. They're on fire. Okay. okay. You know, it's very important. I find myself caring about this stuff. <clears throat> well, how could you not? You know? Dogs. I know. Must love dogs. Okay. Well, let's bring on Akeem Williams and get rolling. Um, I, you know, Olympia. Man, it should be a big year for him. We got him. I'm sure Scott's got him hanging out. It's in the wings. It's in the wings. There we go. Team Williams, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, man. What's up, man? You want me to um, move the camera sideways? Am I good? You're good. That's all good. What do you want to do, man? Want to show off the hoodie? Get the branding in there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got, you got to do what you got to do, man. Gotta Absolutely. Do it. Yeah, we got it, you know. Um, yeah, man, just really happy to have you on. Uh, congratulations on, you know, sealing the deal there at the the big win. Um, how, you know, how did you feel going into that show? Well, it was a little bit of a last-minute show for me, though. The, the original plan was to, uh, after the Arnold, was to do the St. Louis Pro. That got canceled. And then um, I was trying to prep for New York, but all the gyms were closed out here. And we weren't sure what's going to happen in New York. So, you know, me and my coach, Oscar, you know, we uh, we, weren't, we didn't want to go stop prepping and then everything got canceled. So we were in limbo about everything. And then about, I guess, something was like five weeks out, I found mm-hmm. out that the New York Pro was being uh, switched to uh, Florida. So I didn't have much time to prep for that show. So I'm like, you know what? Only other show I wanted to do was the one in Boston that got canceled. And by the time I looked at it, <laughs> I think I had like about seven and a half weeks, uh, almost eight weeks to prep for uh, Chicago. So, you know, uh, me and Oscar sat down and uh, we spoke about it. And uh, he asked me how I feel mentally and uh, can we do this in, in, in eight weeks or seven and a half weeks? And I'm like, you know what? I have a little bit of a break. I feel good. Let's do it. So about eight weeks we prep for Chicago. We turned out to be a very good prep because it wasn't drag. It didn't drag at all, you know. You know, it just yeah, allowed man. me to stay focused. And I kind of went in there with that mindset um, of treating it like it was the playoffs. Either you win or you go home. Right. True. Yeah. That's the way we, we, we attacked we, uh, attack that, that, um, that contest, bro. Now, what did you have to do different with, with that time? I mean, you I saw you before the prep, and you were in great shape, but I assume you had to kind of kick it up a notch to, uh, to get as diced as you were because you actually you brought it as good as you have. I mean, I thought it was damn good, especially in that timeline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we we definitely um for the first I think about what, 
three, four weeks, we went zero carbs. Oh, a lot of cardio. <laughs> yeah. Just get off to a fast start, eh? Yeah, Just yeah, yeah. That, that was brutal, man. Doing all that cardio and zero carbs for like four weeks. It, it was hard, but it, it allowed me to um, gauge where I, I, I should be and it allowed me to get lean pretty fast. So by the time I was like five weeks out, I think I was like five or four weeks out, Oscar took a look at me and just like, you know what? You know, give me a week and we could go into California and do California. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to rush it. You know, I feel good about this prep. Let's just stick with the plan and go to Chicago. But there was a possibility that we could have went to California, but I'm happy we didn't. I'm happy we stuck to Chicago and went there, you know? What's what you know, you said you you sat down with Oscar and he asked you how you felt. You know, the first thing you said was that he asked you how you felt mentally. And that that tells me a lot about him as a coach, obviously, and your relationship with him. So just give people a little bit of insight into, you know, you know, people think coaches are all about, you know, grams of carbs and how many sets of curls. And there's so much more to it on that level. You know, what's what's your relationship with Oscar like? Man, it's definitely different from any other coaches I've worked with, which I haven't worked with a lot, you know, from uh, Dave uh, Dave Palombo, which I started with. Then I went out with the guys out in uh, in Kuwait, in Oxygen Gym. I prepped with uh, Ahmed out there. And then coming back to the United States, you know, I started uh, training with Oscar. So I, I, I really only had, like, about three coaches throughout my whole career. And I would say uh, out of all three of them, Oscar is definitely the most hands-on. Like, I'm talking about a week out, a week and a half out from the show. He literally was sleeping on my couch every night, making sure I got up, do the cardio, <laughs> do what I needed to do and stuff like that. So not many coaches will do something like that, man. And uh, I'm definitely blessed to have somebody in my life like that that's willing to go the distance and, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many years have you guys been working together now? We started right after I got back from Kuwait. So 2017, we started. Now, I, I, you have you drive to his house to train, right? Like, what's the situation right now with with everything? <laughs> ah, that that in itself is a is, is a whole another episode, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I need to hear this because you're you're like in this epicenter of the gym's close. You know, the area you live in was really rough. You know, I'm out here where you know our gym's been open for four months, and like you know, there's places where you guys like you had to try to make it work, and I know it's a long commute for you, right? Oh man, when when the pandemic just hit, first hit, everything was closed, and the only way I could get to work out was go all the way to the city with Oscar's gym. So I was driving roughly about four hours a day, just going to the gym. And I'm talking about not even not even just the the hours, also like the tolls. I don't know if you're familiar with New York. Yeah. But you know, driving is one thing, but when you're paying like sixteen dollars in toll bridge. Another nine dollars in another toll, and another nine dollar. It adds up really fast. And before I know it, I was paying at least like five hundred dollars in tolls a month, man. Oh shit! So Fuck. it's a commitment. It's definitely a commitment, and it's a testament to you know how much I want to succeed. You know. Now, what what is the um, how do I put this? Like, what what brings you home every night? You know, like if I had to drive four hours to train, I'd probably just stay on that end. So. <laughs> You obviously have something very important that you're coming home to. So what's 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 on this end of it? Uh, my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you know, you got your stuff, right? So it's really important. <laughs> that you don't want to go stay in an Airbnb for two months or anything like that. Uh, well, that in itself would definitely be being in New York. That'll definitely be expensive, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. So yeah, that's a lot of traffic. So I know I've seen videos of you training at Oscars. He, you got a leg press there, you got squat racks and stuff. So how, you know, how uh, how are the workouts? You just keep it simple and just go hard. Well, I I would say, like you said, what what brings you back is the fact that when you go train with Oscar, um, you definitely gonna come out there like you accomplish something. Right. You know, <laughs> so you feel like you know the journey is what worth the, the results of what you're going to get what you're going to accomplish after you finish training did you what yeah. uh, now is your is your volume i mean i remember obviously we all saw the videos with kai and stuff back in the day is it like that or, or what what's like what's a what's an average workout look like because i mean yeah, that, that, there's no shortage of weight or volume from what i've seen yeah so. definitely a combination <laughs> of nothing has really changed you know sometimes i have to uh realize my limit because sometimes if i don't He'll keep going, and so right. I, I gotta let him know, like, dude, like, we got we gotta kind of pull back a little bit. 
Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm the one recovering. <laughs> that's good, though, because that's got to be difficult to do. I mean, I know uh, in the past I've worked with people, and when someone – you know, someone has your back like Oscar does, and you know he's got your best interest at heart. There's that line of, uh, I think when you're younger, particularly, you would just keep going. Yeah. Like, I'm either going to die here or finish, but but saying a word isn't going to happen. And then you get more experienced, and you truly know your body, and you're like, hey, any further, and, and we're going the wrong direction. Exactly. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a tough line. I can't that's, I can't imagine what it was like the first time you had to be like, so we should be done soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he pushes you, man. Um, what uh, what was the what was said between you guys when you won the show? Like, you know, what's do you remember how that went? Like, was he how is he with that? Well, he, I mean, between 2018, 2019, we came really close. We took a whole bunch of second places. So that, that kind of left a, a, a damp on our spirits, you know, mm-hmm. coming so close and, and picking up second places after second places after second places. So it just <laughs> felt amazing to be in that winning circle. You know, it just, it, I, I think not only for me, but for him also, because mm-hmm. it's been a while, you know, since he's actually like, you know, take a bodybuilder under his wing since Kai and actually like give him that kind of type of attention in, 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 in the level that I'm at right now, you know, to, to succeed to succeed so you know that also it actually really felt good for him and also for me so just put us in that winning circle once again you know i, I think that he missed being that because when he was a kai when kai trained with him you know he, he was getting wins after wins you know i think this is a, a great opportunity i would see this as a great opportunity for you guys to uh to feel sort of vindicated in your in your efforts mm-hmm. and and uh you know like a you know that huge boost of confidence can't be a bad thing no, you know, go especially going into the Olympia. So, what do you what do you see for yourself going into this show? When you when you, I mean, I know it's all about the physique, right? You know, what do you see for yourself? Like, what do you want to bring? Well, I mean, there there are a few areas, you know, I, I definitely still have to work on where I, I feel like you know it, it exposed me a lot, especially from behind. <clears throat> I definitely got to tighten up my lower back and stuff like that. So, the goal is to you know just bring the same type of size, the same type of muscle that I have, the same type of fullness I did for the night show of Chicago, but, you know, just 5 or 15% sharper, especially from behind. And I think if I could accomplish that with a great presentation and showing all my strong points, I could definitely be in the mix, you know, that top five, top six mix. You know, I'm not going to say I'm going there. You know, I, I just want to be in that mix. I just want to get that first call out. And then everything else will settle itself. What do you, uh, what, what changes took place? Cause obviously you guys were in, uh, speed gear to get in shape. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> how have you backed? This is something I, I deal with with clients. So I think it's a good thing for the listeners to hear is when you've got, when I mean, you're essentially in shape, almost perfect, mm-hmm. you know, you probably a week or two could have been completely dialed in. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you guys establishing that plan for the few weeks after, and now leading into full bore, or did you just keep going? I mean, how's that work with your physique? Well, we, we definitely kept going. And uh, yesterday, you know, he took a lick at me, and he was actually, he was uh, he was really shocked because <laughs> he wasn't expecting me to look the way I looked. You know, so right. we, we kind of want to, we have another seven weeks. Not saying that we want to slow things a little bit down, but at the rate I'm going right now, I don't want to burn myself out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I want to I slow things down a little bit and, uh, Focus on like those body parts, like my lower back, get my abs uh, much more defined and stuff like that. So I think if we could do that, you know, everything will take care of itself. Nice. How, how does it feel? You know, how long have you been a pro now? It's 2013. You got your card, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were all at that show, weren't we? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was awesome to see you win, man. Um, you know, as a pro over the last seven years you know, working your way through all of this. And now you are at your biggest and your best. Um, you know, how do you feel looking back on all that work? I, I mean, it's, it's definitely a testament to where it's my, you know, be just being resilient and just not giving up, you know, not quitting, you know. And I would say one thing about me, every year I've improved, you know, 
every year I've, I've brought something different. I've brought a better package and stuff like that. So I don't think this is my best yet. I still I think I have room to improve. And right. if I keep focused and keep working hard, I think, you know, definitely, like, I see myself in that mix for Mr. Olympia. Give me maybe another two, three years, give or take, you know? What? Well, go ahead, Dust. I was going to say, I think one thing that's different um, for someone like you is <clears throat> when you turn pro, you were a pro. A lot of guys turn pro. It's like, okay, now give me two years so I can actually be in that mix. <clears throat> you were already there. And I feel like as a fan watching, I felt like in the beginning, the expectations for you were so high mm-hmm. that even though you did great, I always felt like there was a reaction like, oh, we expected more. And I'm like, yes, what yes. the fuck do you want the guy to do? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you only been training for five years at that point? You definitely hit the, hit the nail on the head with that comment, Dusty. You know, definitely. You know, I feel like sometimes I feel like in the past, like I brought like, you know, something really good and like I would get like no respect whatsoever. Right. You know, but I think, you know, things are changing and uh, hopefully, you know, coming this Olympia, people will start to you know, give me a little bit more respect. <laughs> but I think, I mean, for me, I mean, truthfully, since you and Oscar got together and I found that with a lot of guys, which I love is. When you find your coach, mm-hmm. it becomes really obvious really quick. Like that's how I feel Max is right now with Milos. Like yes, yeah. he's he's been with a lot of good coaches and they brought a good, lot of good looks. But as soon as they connected, it was like oh. And then when when they did it the first time, I was like, uh, you know, I mean, maybe it was a good show. When they did it two and three times, I was like okay, that's that's what you guys have as well. Yeah. So it's kind of like, at least me, I'm looking when I see your name on a list, I'm like, well, there's a guy who can win. Because yeah. it's not a question anymore of can he bring it all the way in. It's like how good's it going to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. got to be a little better when you know, like, like you said, because I don't disagree with you at all. Like, as good as things are, I feel like you guys are just now. Like, you've got you're rolling down the hill now. And it's going to get really crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What What about looking back on the tough times, like, um. You know, what's the closest you've ever come to saying, hey, fuck, I gotta do something else? I would say after I got back from Kuwait. Right, okay. before, right before I hooked up with Oscar. I mean, I went out went out to Kuwait with a lot of, you know, a lot of dreams, a lot of goals, a lot of things I wanted to accomplish. And my time out there, you know, it was amazing. Don't get me wrong, it was an awesome experience and I'm happy like I got got the chance to do something like that. But coming back to the US and doing the New York Pro and place in fifth, which to a lot of people might be like, hey, you know, you placed top five at the New York Pro, that's a big accomplishment. But to me, I went out to Kuwait, sacrificed almost like three months of my life to come back to the, the New York Pro and win, you know? And anything right. other than that was a failure to me. And that really, like, put a damper on my spirit because, you know, I, I went out there, you know, no family, grinding for, like, at least four months or whatever the case may be, and then to come back to the U.S., and compete against guys that were actually home with their family, enjoying life, and placing fifth. That really like destroyed me, you know. And what was it? Yeah, what was it actually like over there? Like, you know, we hear stories about they take your phone away from you, and <laughs> and it, I mean, it's just so funny some of this stuff that you know you hear, and and someone cooks all your food for you, and like we're not. It, what was your experience like? I mean, it was nothing like that. It was nothing where you know they take your phone away from you. Like, nah, man, we grow, man, man, come on. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, what I would say is, you know, you, you definitely get to live that bodybuilding, you know, any bodybuilder's dreams where, yeah, you know, you just work out, eat, sleep, you know. I, I know majority of bodybuilders, you know, that's what they get into the sport for, you know. Yeah, where where where, where, where do you, where would you stay at? Like, how far are you from the gym? Well, we had um we had an apartment right next to the gym, so literally I was like walking distance, so I'll just walk outside, and the gym was right there. Which yeah. we, there's like different locations, but the one that was closest to me was right outside. You know, so right. it, was, it was very convenient. You know, what well, now? This is something that I because it's something I looked at back when when Oscar and Kai kind of went with that whole uh, training camp mentality and going to Vegas early. Um, I think with with bodybuilding for me, as much as you got to like be immersed in bodybuilding, mm-hmm. I think that. A lot of us are into our routine and our life and not just our life of bodybuilding, but when 
I guess what I'm saying is, did you feel like a little out of, out of sorts when you got there? Because it was like, this was the only thing you had, like you said, cause you could bring your food and go see your family and, and keep things rolling. It just seems to me like that would be difficult. Like even in a perfect place, mm-hmm. if you take me out of my comfort, mm-hmm. I'd, it'd be hard to prep for a show for me. I mean, what, what was that like uh, on the emotional side? It was definitely an experience to adjust. I, I think the, the hardest part for me was the first two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that that homesickness <laughs> kicks in, and uh, you realize, you know, like you know what I what the hell am I doing out here? You know, mm-hmm. you know. Of course, I love to lift and I love to train, but eventually, after a while, we're only humans, and being in a in a strange place, you know, even though they, they made you feel very comfortable, you know, yeah. definitely. I, I like shout out to the guys out in Oxygen Bada. Abdullah, all those guys, you know, they're amazing people. But as, as a, a per, as a human being, you know, who is not too familiar with the culture, right? You know, it, after a while, it does take a toll on you, and you you really have to dig deep and realize you came out out here for a purpose, right? If you could you could keep your eyes on that goal, you definitely would succeed. Because you know, you look at Brandon, you know, he went out there, he kept his eyes on the prize, and now he's Mr. Olympia. Right? Yeah, for sure. You'd think that would be. You'd think that would be exactly it. It would work much better for certain personality types. Yes. You know, and maybe does Brandon just thrive on it? Is it just? I mean, I got I got the chance to hang out with him a little bit out because he was actually my roommate while I was out there, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think for him, you know, he had a lot riding on the show. You know. Yeah. Right. His family and everything like that. So he just he just stayed focused. You know. And if you could accomplish that, you know, just stay focused and realize you are here for a purpose, you know, you, you'll make it happen. Right. Yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely see that because I've got a lot of friends that are fighters and that's how they treat training camp. They mm-hmm. pull you, they intentionally pull you away from anything that is not going to pay the bills in six weeks, mm-hmm. you know, um, to the point that they, they almost don't want you too comfortable because that kind of comfort can take your eye off the ball. You know what I mean? All, all the way down to it's different when you're more financially successful, you know, like when you're where, like, I mean, where you are, you're hungry right now yeah. because as good as you are, you know, you're on the verge of, you can either have a good career or a hall of fame career. Mm-hmm. So that four hour drive gets a little easy when you've already decided that the hall of fame career is what you're looking for. Very you true. know what I mean? So yeah, I just I I, th- I love because Ron had told me already when we were trying to set this up what your what your day looks like, and I was like, I don't think most people understand that kind of commitment because it's it's not even a thought in your brain. It's like, oh, that's what it takes. Okay. Yeah. And a- another thing about hearing that too, because I've you know I've been where you live, like you know we a- a- been to Jersey and been to New York. It's not four hours on the highway just cruising it's four hours of new york fucking traffic it's like fucking work like like you're a linebacker for four hours like you gotta like your head's on a swivel there's no just like cruise control listening to the music fucking chilling out eating while you're driving like i don't know i'll tell you one thing you know doing those trips every week and uh it's definitely helped with my patience a lot Text me when you could see my door because yeah. before that it doesn't mean shit that you're four miles away. 
if if everything if everything was normal, where would you be training? Well, I mean, there's a few gyms around me. You know, I I usually I go to when I can. I'm like an hour and a half away from uh, Ben Francis, so when I can, I I try to make it out there. I also train at Diamond Gym, which is like about a 30 minute drive, but that's New Jersey driving, which is a lot yeah. easier. And yeah. uh, also, there's a retro that's right up the block for me. So I had my 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 peak of uh, gyms to uh, go to, but um, what uh, break that down for me? Let's say you train six times in a week. Mm-hmm. How many times would you drive to Bev's? Maybe about once or twice, maybe. Right, and then and then would you and then Diamond Gym, maybe most most of the other ones. Yeah. And then you'd use the retro to do cardio and look at girls' butts like Dusty does. No, no, never, never. <laughs> he's, never. Dusty's got Dusty's got the the fitness club uh, scan in right, so he can do cardio. <laughs> Check out the scenery. Gives me a reason to stay on the treadmill. That's all. <laughs> I'm not over here trying to win, so come on now. <laughs> yeah, you got to pass that time. What about what about cardio? Are you pounding it out your house? Like, do you have a stepper in your basement or something? Well, I actually. Uh, during this whole quarantine, I took the time to invest in, in a lot of cardio equipment because I, I, you know, I kind of foresee that, you know, the gyms were going to be shut down. And just, you know, in, in the past, you know, it was just a headache waking up at six o'clock in the morning to get to the gym to do cardio and then coming back from that drive. So I, I invested in some cardio equipment. So if you look at my, my apartment right now, it's like I literally have like what, five machines in here. <laughs> oh, serious! <laughs> I love it. You don't get bored. You just gotta mix it up. Is that it? Yeah, I just gotta mix it up. You know, <laughs> I got my I got my TV right there. I get on my stepper or my stairmaster, and you know, I just put whatever on and just you know bang it out. You know, yeah. Save me, me a trip driving and everything like that. So yeah, I uh, I remember when we trained together at Diamond Gym uh, for that Mutant on a Mission episode, and you were telling me you know you'd only really been training for a short period of time. Yeah. Uh, Turn pro. So, um, weren't you going to university at the time? Yeah, yeah. So you came off of, of some uh, athletic background, though, right? Like, what were you doing? Give us that rundown. I was uh, playing basketball and stuff like that. So I have a, a basketball background, and then from basketball, you know, I wanted to try something different because you know, basketball, I ain't gonna make it to the NBA or anything like that. So that's how I kind of got into lifting, and one thing led to the next. I got introduced to uh, one of our old, uh, old uh, training partner, Leon Brown. Mm-hmm. by his wife and uh he was the one that really like introduced me to the whole bodybuilding scene even though he kind of like shoved it down my throat <laughs> 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 what, like what? funny story about that you know he took one look at me his wife introduced him to me i went to the gym he took a look at me and he's like he's like the next weekend i think it was a bill grand classic out in pennsylvania and i didn't know anything about dieting i didn't know how to pose anything like that he's just like let's do a show out in pennsylvania so literally, like, just shaved, got on stage, and that's how I started. No way. How old were you then? I had to be about, like, 24, 25 at the time, yeah. And, and you hadn't really been training? No, no bodybuilding training whatsoever, just from the basketball training and stuff like that, you know. So, how, how, like, what was your weightlifting background? What, what do they have you doing for basketball? Uh, man, we, uh, you know, squats. A lot of squats, shoulder presses and stuff like that. A lot of core movements and stuff like that. But right. nothing like to develop muscle, like, you know? Yeah. The whole point is you don't want to be big, you know? Right. You want yeah. to be more fast and, you know, agile and stuff like that. So he just saw the shape and kind of the structure and he just saw something was there. Yeah, well, at the time, when I got into, into like, the whole training, one of my friends, good friend of mine, uh, he was uh, getting ready to go into the Marines. That's how I really, like, started lifting, lifting. Because mm-hmm. I would do my basketball training, but it, uh, within the breaks of classes and stuff like that, I would go with one of my friends who was trying to get into the Marines, and we started lifting. And I mean, he knew he knew about working out, so I would right. just do whatever he did. And within, I think I was maybe about two months, three months, he took one look at me and he's just like, you know, part of my language is like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I'm like, "What do you What do you mean?" And he's just like, "Dude, I mean, he had busted my ass." Trying to get bigger, trying to put on muscle, and you're just here like clowning around, and you're like twice the sizes, you know. <laughs> Believe it or not, he kind of after a while he just quit. <laughs> at, 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 at what point did you, uh, you know, you're in the gym having fun, you're training, it's fun, it's part of you know, it's part of being an athlete. At what point did you go? I'm gonna train fucking hard. I would say until I met uh, Dave Palombo. Okay. Yeah. So I, I did those. I did those first couple of shows with Leon. 
I, I really didn't know what I was doing, but I, I would win, you know? Right. I, I, thought, I thought bodybuilding was easy. Because <laughs> I didn't have to diet. You know, all I did was basically just go to the gym, do some bullshit, get on stage, and I keep winning all the amateur shows that I, I competed in. It wasn't until I uh, I did my first Eastern USA, which was one of the biggest shows in New York, and I won the light heavyweight class. Then me and Dave hooked up, and Dave was just like, you know what? I think you, you know, you kind of remind me of a Chris Colmer kind of look. I think you have what it takes to be, you know, a great bodybuilder. I want to work with you. So I'm like, oh, you know, sure, no problem. And we decided to do the Junior Nationals. It wasn't until then that I went into the Junior Nationals. I, I think I placed fourth or third place or whatever. It was the same class that uh, Justin Compton, Kevin Jordan, um, Lloyd Dollar, and somebody else. Right. Name, yeah, pretty, that's pretty stacked heavyweight yeah, class. Yeah, real the class. The majority of those guys turned pro. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until then that I started taking bodybuilding serious. Because right. I, got, I got there, and I'm thinking, like, you know, it's just a walk in the park again. And then I, I, I see guys like Justin and Kevin Jordan, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> these guys are serious. Right. I, I held my own because I still play top five. But after that, I started taking it serious. Yeah. <laughs> He's all, this is the last time I lose. <laughs> what, and do you, do you remember when you started really stepping on it? And then, of course, you start seeing the results from what you're doing and you start thinking, holy shit, I got something special here. Well, I mean, I, eventually after that, you know, I got introduced to one of the, one of the great gyms in New York. I mean, it's closed right now, but it's a synergy on 14th street. That's the same gym, gym that, uh, Juan Morel and John De La Rosa and all those guys trained at. And mm -hmm. me and Juan became cool. And, you know, we started training and everything like that. And then, you know, they started looking at me like, holy shit, like this kid is fucking strong. Right. Like, you know, everybody would like stop and look at me when I squatted because they couldn't believe how effortless and how perfect my form was. Right. You know, so, you know, that kind of relationship just led me into like getting more serious about bodybuilding, you know, doing my research and trying to figure out, you know, what it takes to be a pro. And I think for the first time in my life, I kind of started setting goals right. to the point where I was like, you know what, if I could go to nationals and place top five in a class, then I have a future of pursuing this whole bodybuilding thing. But if I can't do that, then there's no point. You know? Right. So I was very, I was very realistic with myself. You know, I said, I said benchmarks. You know, I'm like, you know what? If I do this USA's right now and I place top five, then I know I can keep going. Right. But if you can't place top five in, in, in one of these shows, then you know you're just wasting your time, man. How many How many uh, pro qualifiers did you do before 2013 when you won? I think well, I did three. Right. Yeah. So I did the USA. <clears throat> In 2012, I believe, mm -hmm. and I placed. I think I placed fourth place. Right. But that show, I probably could have won that show. I probably could have got my pro card there. I mean, it's a funny story, but uh, <clears throat> I kept putting on muscle very fast. Right. I remember the time I was about 236, and I mm -hmm. looked really good. But for some reason, Dave didn't want me to be in the heavyweight class. I mean, the super heavyweight class. He wanted me to be a heavyweight. Right. So, you know, we did a whole bunch of stuff and <clears throat> looking really like depleted. And I think I, we got down to like about 227 and we realized we, not, we were not going to make the, the, the class whatsoever. And right. we have to, you know, go into super heavies. And I still was able to place top five in that. Right. right. So you're like almost 10 pounds too light. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. But I think if I had originally just stuck with a plan and going as a super heavyweight, I think I probably would have turned pro. Right. And then you did, uh, what did you do after that? 12, did you go to USA's 13 then, or? I think I went, I went, no, I went right to, now. after that, I <clears> skipped, <throat> that's the year Dallas turned pro. Right. And the North Americans, and I was going to do that show also, but Dave was just like, you know what, let's skip that show, and let's go to Nationals. And I went to Nationals, and I tanked. I nah. think I placed like 7th or 8th or something like that. It was, it was horrible, man. At that point, I was done, like. I redeemed myself, and I think I, I did the Easterns in uh, New York when that right. hurricane hit, and I won overall. And I'm like, all right, you're back on track. And right. then the next year, I went straight to the North Americans, and I won. Right. Do you think you just got burned out that year? Is that all that happened? Yeah, I definitely got burned out. Yeah. I don't think people realize when you're <clears throat> earlier in your career, stretching, prepping is different. Mm -hmm. Then once you've been doing it for a few years, mm -hmm. I remember the like the 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 first year I did 
even just junior nationals in the USA is it's only six weeks apart mm-hmm. and you're already in shape. So it's not like you're killing yourself. It was a long six weeks. Yes. And then later in your career, it's like six weeks is nothing. You could do, you could do another full 15 weeks and be fine. Yeah. But I remember like thinking this is going to be great. And then I, cause you have a couple meals after your show. Then your first day back in the gym, you feel good. Then by the third day, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Five more weeks of hell. Yeah. The delusional idea that, you know, a day of rest is going to, you know, rejuvenate you for another eight weeks. Yeah. I had three cookies. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcast. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. What 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 do you uh, what do you say to younger guys? You know, we always we always try to make sure we give a bit of a message about to them too. You know, the the, the people that say they want to be freaks, and uh, you know, sometimes people uh, don't uh, they get what they wish for and they regret it. You know, um, what what do you think people don't know about what it takes to get where you are? They just don't realize it. I mean, I, I would say uh, my advice to anybody trying to get into bodybuilding and trying to, you know, use this as a career is, is basically, I, I my if I could go back in, in in the past and do it all over again, I would have choose my shows more wisely, mm-hmm. like you know, compete with more of a strategy. And I think a lot of guys nowadays they don't do that. You know, they just mm-hmm. like, jump in whatever shows and. And this this thing is you're only as good as your last show. True. So you know if you you go to one show and you tank, that reputation follows you right away. Doesn't matter how you look, doesn't matter what you bring the next time. People always look at you like the guy that doesn't come in shape. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, if I could go back in the past, I would say I would pick my show. You know, definitely more with more strategy in, involved in knowing that if I pick a show, I have a, like you know a 95 or 98 percent chance of winning. Right. You know. And I, I think like a lot of these, you know, up and coming bodybuilders now, you just do shows because somebody tell them like, oh, you're in shape, jump into that show. Right. If you want to have an impact in the sport, you definitely have to strategize, you know, where you want to see your career going and, and, and stuff like that. You know, do you find that guys um, and this is I'm angling this on purpose because I do um, find guys don't want the truth. Because I'll have guys that say to me, they'll shoot me pictures, and they're like, hey, I'm thinking about doing nationals. I'm like, don't. And then they're mad at you. And I'm like. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, nobody wants to hear, oh, you're not in shape, or, like, everybody wants to be praised, especially in a sport where it's, you know, it's very uh, <laughs> one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, you know, it's all about you, the focus is on you and everything like that. And when you put that in, in a person's head that's trying to be the best, they would never, you know, accept any type of criticism or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. they would always want people to you know, put them on a pedestal and tell them they're the best. Right. But if you want to succeed and if you want to do great in this sport, you have to be willing to come into the sport with an open mind. Don't ever, ever act like you know it all. Otherwise, right, right there and then you might as well just quit. Right. You would never grow. You would never improve. What What advice do you have to people? You know, as long as I've known you, you've always had a sponsor. Um, I've always kept my eye on you when I used to work at mutant, I always kept my eye on you. Cause I always thought you would just be such a perfect fucking fit if I could ever get you on the team, you know? And, uh, and, uh, you know, I remember your name coming up at many meetings, I'd throw your name out and we'd like, it, it was, uh, you were always a guy that I thought, you know, uh, was suitable for a hardcore brand and you've always had an, an endorsement deal, even in tough times. Um, so what do you think? is your advice to young guys, you know, everyone wants a sponsor now. I mean, just be yourself, man. Be genuine. And, uh, you know, just don't be fake. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure these, you know, whoever the supplement companies, whether it's MHP, Blackstone Labs, whatever, you know, they, 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 they see you for who you are and what you could bring to the table. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to, you know, be able to work. You know, there are times when, you know, a sponsor might message me and like, hey, Akeem, we need you to do this, you know. 
a lot of guys, you know, I, I had seen it before with my own eyes. They'll be like, nah, I'm too tired or nah, I don't want to do this. Me, you know, you know, I've always looked at it as an opportunity to uh, get a better relationship with the company that I represent, you know. Right. And a lot of people are not willing to do that. You know. Yeah. Uh, do you do you feel I don't know. Uh, you know, some people have the philosophy like I have no balance mm-hmm. and then other people feel like, you know, balance is important. And they, it's, what's your take on that and what do you do to stay balanced? I mean, before I answer that question, I would go back to what I, what I mentioned earlier. I remember a few times, even last year at the Olympia, you know, I got off stage and of course, you know, after prejudging, of course I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. And a few of those pros, you know, we walking through the crowd and people will come up to you and ask you for pictures and they would just shoo them away and me, I'm, you know, I'm so happy, like, even though I'm tired or whatever, I'm still stopping and I'm taking, like, pictures and stuff like that. And people remember stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, word, word travels, you know. Just because, you know, you, you, you're in the public, you should be honored that somebody, you know, look up to you and somebody want to come up to you and ask you to take a photo because you inspired them and stuff like that. So I would never turn anybody away. Right. You know, it doesn't matter how tired or, you know, stressed out I might be, you know. You just got to be a, a, a genuine person. And I think that shines on your character and it, it will take you a long way. As far as trying to be, you know, get sponsored and stuff like that. Yeah. Always keeping in mind that it's a privilege to be in that position. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that ties in well with asking, you know, how you keep grounded. You know, just remembering that you're in a position that, you know, it's you got to you got to, you know, remember a lot of people want to be there. You know, what what, what else do you do in in your in your your mental space to sort of keep yourself you know, on top of your game. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm into cars a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, if I'm not bodybuilding or anything like that, I think that's one of the ways I kind of uh, take a little break from bodybuilding sometimes. You know, it, you know, at one point, I think every time in the past, and I buy, I buy like Conkers and stuff like that. I'm not, I don't, I'm not rich, so I can't go out there and buy no expensive car. So I, right. I buy, I go on Facebook Marketplace, buy a little fix up, um, you know, fix her up or and uh, get one of my buddies, you know, we work on it and fix it up and stuff like that. So at one point, I think I did, I, I think it was like 2017, 2018. I was buying a, a, a cheap car every, every prep. <laughs> 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 oh, no way. Yeah, <laughs> it got, it got, it got, it got really bad. Uh, my, my girlfriend at the time, you know, she was just like, you know, what the hell? Every time you prep, you buying a car, you know? <laughs> I love, it I love that we it found this it gem. It was it wasn't um expensive cars, you know. It was cheap cars. You know? Are you just fixing them up and flipping them, or what are you doing? Something like that. And sometimes I made I made some money. Sometimes I lost some money. I mean, I, I bought a which I should have kept. I bought a '89 Mustang, Fox Body Mustang. Uh huh. And you know, I spent some money on it, fix it up, and stuff like that. And then I started realizing what it took to own a car like that because you know, it doesn't matter what you do. Every time you get in that car, something breaks. Right. Oh, yeah. so I made I'm like, it, you know man. what? This thing is becoming a money pit. So I actually made a loss on that one. Right. But then another time I bought one of those little Acura RSX uh-huh. and I made some money from that one. You know, I was able to you know fix that up and flip it and make some monies. But, you know, it, it's just a little passion of mine, you know? I love, I love that though because it gives you yeah. gives you somewhere to to focus because I would look at that I mean everyone thinks that everything has to be about flipping for money or this or that but it's like if anything that's putting your mind somewhere yes. and it's if you if you quote lost a little money it's it's some entertainment value like mm-hmm. you were doing shit that was not lifting weights for hours a night so I, I totally get that especially as a guy who if if my car broke down, I wouldn't even bother opening the hood. I'm like, I don't know what's under there. <laughs> I'm gonna call a real man to come fix this. And <laughs> but, uh, we always joke that Dusty's toolbox is a check and a pen. <laughs> I can fix cool. anything. I can fix uh, anything with my toolbox. <laughs> uh, when, when when we trained uh, when we trained at Diamond Gym, you were driving that little convertible Mercedes, weren't you? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Was that a flip too? Yeah, actually. That one I actually I took a loss on, man. That was a horrible deal, man. That, that car cost me so much headache, man. I like that car. I like that car. When yeah, I saw yeah, you- it, was, it was a nice, it was a nice car. It's the SL five hundred. Oh nice yeah, car. I love the car. But it was oh man, that the dealer, the dealer at the time, you know, he really screwed me on that deal. So uh, I, I lost some money on that one. 
So that was uh, that was a lesson. That one. Yeah, that was definitely a lesson. That one was maybe you should stick with uh, cheaper cars. You know. Yeah. yeah. Now, what about what about getting away? Like, um, uh, what would you? What, what's your idea of just totally getting away from it all? Uh, well, I mean, my background is Caribbean, so if I ever, you know, go decide to go for vacation, you know, my mom lives in Grenada, so. That's that my go-to whenever I decide to you know go on vacation because it's one is cheap. I don't have to pay for a hotel or anything like that, you know. And uh, I go down there, you know, she, she treats me like a king. <laughs> you That's know? awesome. So, <laughs> Do you train when you're down there? Ah, uh, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> no. I just relax. Nah. I mean, the last time I was down there, they, there was a few guys that would come around and they wanted me. You know, they was all in on. They wanted me to take me to the gym and stuff like that. But I keep I keep turning them off. <laughs> <laughs> not what you're there for no exactly that's awesome uh, what's a flight is that how long is the flight to grenada is it direct uh, like you just go new york yeah it's from new york it's about five hours oh okay so it's not that bad five six hours not that bad oh okay okay what's your plan for uh vegas when when you're done the olympia just go christmas with the family or what well with, with this whole uh virus situation going on the country is still in lockdown, so yeah, you ain't getting in there anytime soon. No, no, nah, yeah, they're still in lockdown. Uh, sorry, well, like, what, what do you mean you're not you're not, not gonna be able to see like any of your family? You mean? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, they're okay. not letting everybody in. Oh, okay, okay. Man, what about you, Dusty? What's your plan for Christmas? My plan's always the same. I stay in my house with my dogs. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna go to Walmart, spend a good twenty six dollars buying toys, and I'm gonna call it a day. <laughs> there you go. I know it's gonna be weird not going anywhere this year because I'm not going to see anybody either. We're just kind of on a lay low. But I didn't know if maybe all your family was just like blocks away from where you live, or or if you saw them on the regular. I didn't know what your situation was. Where exactly are you? Me? Yeah. I'm I'm sitting in New Jersey. Yeah, what what what's the what's the neighborhood called? It's uh, Clifton, New Jersey. Clifton. Okay, cool. Um, Dusty, you had a few questions off Instagram. Yeah, I always I always get a million questions, especially with these. I just, I just realized we uh, we're hitting the hour mark here. Yeah, we're we're already almost there, and we haven't uh, asked a single question, which gets us in trouble. <laughs> I hate when I do that. We we'll do a whole show and forget to get into the question. Oh, should I got a lot of them too. Um, okay, few things. We'll we'll do some rapid fire to catch up here. Uh, so Akeem, when you're bulking, um, do you lower your calories on non-training days, or do you just blast all the way through? I think I would say blast all the way through. You know, That's even true. though I'm not training, you know, I blast all the way through because I feel like you know you t- you consume enough calories when you get back to the gym, you're actually stronger. You feel better and stuff like that, even on your off days. Right. So That's way through. And do you do you track your lifts or do you just train hard? In the beginning, when I first started lifting, I did. Mm-hmm. But now I, I feel I'm at a point where you know, if I feel good that day and uh, I want to push myself, I would. Right. I think sometimes you, you you get that notion where you track yourself and you try to you know match the the previous lift, and, and that's how a lot of guys get injured. Right. You know, if you don't feel a hundred percent, doesn't mean you need to go squat 600 pounds like you did last week. Right. You might want to go down to like 315 and just do reps. Right. I'm feeling 100% again. Yeah, because I've, yeah. I've seen I've seen footage of you. I mean, obviously, everyone knows that you're super fucking strong, but I've seen footage of you training with all different kinds of weights. And you just feel that that's like uh, just being a pro and having the maturity to just know what days are what. I, I think so. And I think I, I got to the point in my career where I don't really have anything to prove anymore, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you you wanna you wanna be stronger than me. You wanna lift six hundred pounds. You know, I don't have anything to prove. So I, right now, I'm just doing it just to keep making improvements and uh, keep getting better as a professional bodybuilder. You know, I right. don't really care about you know I could squat six hundred pounds or I could deadlift seven hundred pounds anymore. You know, I think those days are done for me. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think too, and this is you know my my two cents on you built your base doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's not like no, no one's ever said, man, if Akeem Williams could just get a little bigger, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's refinement now for you. Exactly, I mean, exactly. getting everything a little better and, you know, we don't even know if the scale will be up or down when that happens. It's just going to be a better look. Exactly. You know, I, I find that I, you run into that with uh, with people that are looking up to you because 
different stages of your career is different things. Mm-hmm. I have people that will hammer me because I'm a big believer in, in getting big in the off season. And they're like, well, you're not heavy. I'm like, well, I'm not trying to get as big as possible anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not the only thing I think about it exactly. every day like it used to you be. You get to that point where, you know, it's just like, you know, there's no point, you know. You don't have anything to prove anymore. Right. Well, I get all, I always think that bigger is not always better. Like a guy like you, you could get bigger, mm-hmm. but I don't know that your placings would improve if you were bigger. Exactly. You know, so, uh, oh, this will be a good one for you because I'm curious how much of an eater you are. What do you think is the highest amount of calories you've consumed during a bulk? Not me. I, I, I'm horrible when it comes to eating, man. Oh, that's even better. He's that big and he doesn't eat. <laughs> I doesn't. It's bad. I mean, too. Appetite? Uh, just low appetite? Just yeah, just low appetite. We, we um, I did a video for Muscle and Strength leading up to the previous Arnold that just passed. Mm-hmm. This was a day of eating, basically. So they came to my house, and the camera guy he was actually shocked. He couldn't believe <laughs> how little he <laughs> how little I eat. Yeah, <laughs> he couldn't believe it. You know, he was expecting some monster, you know, pounding down thousands of calories and stuff like that. And he's just like, "What the hell, bro?" You know. <laughs> so he's this like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know how well this video is gonna do because you really don't eat that much. <laughs> Akeem's 4,000 calorie challenge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is it like? What's it like? Is it like eight ounces of steak and a cup of rice? Is that like a meal? Man, it was like more like five <laughs> ounces, five, six ounces, man. Oh, wow. He's, a, he's on a figure girl diet and he's this big. <laughs> I'm trying my best to still like you, Akeem. I'm trying. That's how you, that's how you get the glutes in. That's how you get the glutes in. You got to suffer. Oh, my God. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, okay, here we go. If you could compete in any era besides this one, what would it be? Oh, wow. I, I think I would fit really well in uh, the Mass Monster era with Ronnie Coleman and them. Right. And, uh, I think that, that would be a great – because sometimes I feel like I'm the odd person out, especially when I was a little bit bigger. I remember um, 2016, after I placed in fifth in New York, I went to California and did that show. Mm-hmm. And literally, I was like the oddball, like – Everybody, you know, the guy that won, he probably was a hundred, like two hundred and fifteen pounds. Right. I'm pushing like two sixty five to seventy. And how tall are you? I'm about five ten. Yeah. You know, I literally just stood out like a sore thumb. <laughs> you know, and I think I think that's why. And I've done not I played top five in that show, but I think that's why I didn't do that well. Mm-hmm. I was just an odd person in. You know. Right. Yeah, no, I, I totally see how those happen because it's like. You're 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 too good to not be in the top five, but you don't really line up with what we've got here. Exactly. Yeah. So no, that makes that makes perfect sense. Plus, I'd like to see an extra Marcus rule anyway. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always ask people this, but I don't know. You, you I don't know what your answer is going to be. But you know, Dusty and I have talked about it. Um, do you remember like the first time you got freaked out? by something awesome like in bodybuilding like seeing you know ronnie coleman for the first time or did do you remember anything that freaked you out it kind of turned a light switch and you're like wow uh i would say 2000 i think it was 2010 when i did my second amateur show when i won the the, the light heavyweight at eastern usa's kevin english mm-hmm. was the guest most on that show and I remember he he came backstage and he was actually talking to me. And I'm like, you know, you had that out-of-body experience. Like somebody's talking to you, but they're talking, but you're not like really paying attention because you feel like in, like you can't believe like a human being actually looked like that. <laughs> right. I'm talking about this, this guy off-season. He's maybe like 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five, right. And he probably was at least like 260. So yeah. can you imagine? Yeah. Kevin was blown out huge yeah. back in the day yeah yeah, yeah. He, he was the odd man out but he was so odd man out that it was just everybody got to watch him win yeah. <laughs> that's so hilarious sitting back there looking at this guy that's barely five five or whatever and being like 265 or whatever it was you know i was just like how the hell is that possible <laughs> you know that's absolutely nuts bah, bah, bah. i'm sorry i got a few of them i'm trying to get some some good ones we can lock in here go ahead bro. What was your most disappointing pro show? It's between uh, 2016 New York Pro and my first experience in 2014 at the New York Pro. It's always been the New York Pro. Because <laughs> to me, you know, for guys, 
that you know grew up in New York and yeah, bodybuilders in New York. This is like our uh, Mr. Olympia. Right. Yeah, you you want to always want to defend the, the, the title. You know, we always want to keep the title in New York. Yeah, the home just home home game. New York pride, you know. For sure. Yeah. So, okay, here's one. Uh, are there any common bodybuilding exercises that you feel just don't work for you uh, that everyone else kind of does? And you're like, that's shit for me. Hmm. That's a good one, man. I would. Wow. That's a really good one. I don't know. I never really thought about that. That's a really good question. <laughs> yeah. oh, damn it. <laughs> that, that's a really good question. Now you got me thinking. Um, really don't work for me. Because we've we both had exercises we like threw away because of injuries or stuff too as well. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm done with that. <laughs> I, would, I, would pro- I probably would say maybe maybe flat bench. Right. Uh, Definitely, I would okay. say flat bench. You know, you I, just, I find myself yeah. more and more like moving away from that movement. Right. You know, yeah. something that I don't really do anymore. Yeah, I find that's one of those ones that a lot of people, especially someone like you that's so strong, mm-hmm. it's it's an injury waiting to happen, and a yeah. muscle you can develop a hundred other ways. Safely. To chest, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I've yeah. never looked at your physique, Akeem, and mm-hmm. thought, that guy needs more flat bench. <laughs> it just never happened. <laughs> That's freaking classic. So we, we do have to ask the one question that we pretty much ask everyone that comes in here. Um, what do you think in your life, uh, and it could be anything, makes the 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 amount of effort and the amount of um, consistency so easy for you with bodybuilding? Because you know a lot of people, it's, it's in and out or they're fair weather, but you're a bodybuilder 24-7, 365. What is it of your upbringing you think that made that click or, or what about you that just makes that like it's just what you have to do? I think I'm, I've, I've always been a person that like to finish what he started. Mm-hmm. You know, it's bodybuilding, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, I've always, you know, have that mindset that if I if I put my mind to something and I start something, I want to see it through to the end. And right. I don't want to look back, you know, 10, 15 years from now, whatever the case may be, and look, look back at my life and uh, be like, what if? Right. You know, what if I had stuck with this or what if I, you know, had uh, continued going with bodybuilding, where would I have ended up? Right. So I, I put myself in a position where, you know, luckily, you know, thank God for all the, all the opportunities that I've been given where I'm able to do this uh, sport full time and, you know, make a little bit of money out of it and uh, keep getting sponsored and stuff like that. So I, I want to take it as far as I can go. And who knows, you know, maybe make it all the way to the top. But at the end of the day, I don't want to have any regrets basically saying that, well, what if, you know, or uh, if I had stuck with it, would I have been successful? Right. Oh, who, uh, who would be your favorite Mr. Olympia? Oh, man. I, I, can I have two? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's doing a tie. Okay. You, you yeah, tell us it, it's, for def- both it's, definitely, it's definitely a tie for me. You know, of course, I would say Ronnie Coleman. But somebody that I've really, you know, tried to, as of lately, pattern my career after would be Dexter Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's just a, a true champion, you know, for been doing it as long as he has, you know, and uh, all the success that he has. I think like any up and coming bodybuilder, they should definitely use him as a reference mm-hmm. as to how to accomplish longevity in this sport and still do it and make an impact in it. Doesn't matter right. what you are. So. I, I would I would say more so Ronnie Coleman. I would say Dexter Jackson. Nice. What What's the best advice you've ever gotten from a veteran competitor who was before you? Uh, I, I've gotten a lot of advice from Dexter. You know, I've gotten some advice from Cedric. I mean, <laughs> funny story is uh, 2016, my first trip to the Mr. Olympia. Mm-hmm. Cedric, you know, he, he pulled me aside. And he gave me some some really good advice, and I've always uh, appreciated that, you know, because it allowed me to kind of change my mentality. Like, I don't know if you notice, a lot of bodybuilders, whenever they go to a show and they don't do as well as they they hope they would do, Mm -hmm. it leaves a very negative impact on them. Mm -hmm. And some of them, it takes months, even years to 
get over that hurdle. Right. And Cedric gave me some really good advice and it helped me through my career to basically whatever happens at the show stays at the show. Don't take it home with you. Right. And, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, win, lose, draw, whatever stays at the show. Don't ever take it home with you because there's nothing you can change about it. You know, you can't go back and say, what if I had done this or what if I had done that? You know, right. you show up, you, you, you do your best and you leave it at the show. That's, that's actually that, awesome. It allowed, allowed me to uh, stay very mentally healthy, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to competing and accepting my, my wins and losses. Think about it. Last last year, I had about four second places. Right. Yeah. You know, I went from Brazil. I went from Spain. I went to New York, you know, and they were all second places back to back to back. And anybody else would be like, you know, break down and be like, what the hell do I have to do to get right. in that circle? But, you know, I was able to keep that fire going and go to the Olympia and, and crack the top 10, you know, even though I didn't win a show to get to the Olympia right, know, yeah. points and I still made it to the top 10. So like I said, you know, just whatever happens at the show, don't take it home with you, man. Just leave it at the show. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great advice for amateurs too. Cause yeah. we all get that where, you know, and I, I hate when people put that up on the internet anyways, like this is me and the other guy. It's like, well, I know what you want us to say. Yeah. Um, and even if, even if you were wrongfully placed, mm-hmm. okay, so? Yeah, I would never do that neither. Like, I would never post comparison pictures or anything like that. No. Yeah. Know, I feel like if that has to happen, let, let, let somebody that's a fan or somebody, you know, do stuff like that. You, as a competitor, you shouldn't go down that road and do stuff like that, you know? Right, right. What, what's your favorite Olympia memory so far from the ones you've competed in? I would say last year, just getting that, 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 that second call out at the Olympia, mm-hmm. you know, actually being in, in that same call. Um, I think I remember I was in the same call with uh, Steve Kluklo, Cedric. I think Dexo was also in that same call also. Right. So being in that call was just freaking awesome, man. <laughs> you feel, you f- yeah. You feel that sense of accomplishment, you know? Yeah. Like hard work has actually paid off. Well, yeah, you're, you're arrived, and I mean, you're, you've always known, but, but you're, you're now the, one of those guys. I mean, no, no one is no one is reacting when you're saying like, oh, I want to be in the first call. It's like, well, yeah, that's completely logical. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so that's got to be a great place from uh, from from somebody who's looking to qualify and knowing that yeah, but you're in the mix. I mean, like you said, that year or last year, you beat a lot of guys who did win to qualify. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. Well, it doesn't matter how you get there. Yeah, I think that, you know, <laughs> like, like a lot of guys think, you know, they have to win a show to get noticed at the Olympia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think last year I actually proved to them that, no, you know, it doesn't matter how you get there. As long as you, you, you know, you work your ass off and you bring what you need to bring. Yeah. You're going to get your shot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so what's the plan tomorrow? What Give us a rundown. What time do you get up in the morning and hit the highway? Uh, t- t- tomorrow is my favorite day of the week, leg day. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh. No, I'm joking. This worst thing. I hate that shit. You know, about to kill me tomorrow. But uh, you know, get up like around six, six thirty, do some abs, do some cardio, and then you know, eat eat like at least like two meals, and then uh, head to the city right after that. Smash you, just, legs. you you blast it out, and you just eat a meal and come straight back. Yeah, basically. Yeah. That's a day, man. <laughs> no, it is. It's actually like a whole day, like. You go to the city and back, it literally takes up the whole day. So what time will you leave the house or what time would you get home? Well, usually, you know, Oscar would text me in the morning and we'll come up with a schedule whether he wants me there for one thirty or 2 o'clock. So it all depends on when he texts me. So if, I, if I'm leaving and trying to get it for one thirty, I would probably leave at like around 11. Mm-hmm. You know. And then what time do you get home? What time? It depends if we start right away or if he wants to give me some mental... Uh, exercises <laughs> so <laughs> i would probably get back home like around like 6 30 oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right away the, the day's already over you know yeah yeah for sure man well we appreciate your time especially on uh, election night just chilling out with us and uh you know it, it's good to have you on we're, we we really wish you well at the olympia like you're you're one of the hardcore freaks man and and you're always welcome on this show you want to come on and have anything to say uh, Akeem Williams is welcome. So how can Absolutely. people how can people get you? Just uh, your your Instagram is uh, the Beast, right? What is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, BK Akeem Williams BK Beast on Instagram. 
they can definitely mm-hmm. reach out on me. I always uh, check my my DMs and uh, you know I actually have a few that I have to I respond to. Somebody sent me a really nice message. You know, her and her husband uh, they wanted to go out to the Olympia, but she recently got pregnant and uh, they had to cancel the whole trip. So she wanted me to do something nice. You know, so I'm thinking about you know signing some photos and uh, sending it out to him. So that's oh, one cool. to do, yeah, to do list that I have to do. Yeah, but cool, man. Definitely, you know, if you have any questions or whatever, you definitely DM me and. Uh, once I, you know, see the message, I, I always respond, you know. Okay. Thanks, brother. We appreciate it. You know, you're welcome. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for having me on, man. Take care Absolutely. in Jersey. Good luck, boss. Thank you. Okay. See ya. Bye. Good dude. Absolutely. I'm, I'm always, uh, I'm always, like, I enjoy having different conversations because everyone's experience, like I said, is, is different on their way to the top. Like, if you kind of squeaked into the pros – then anything you do is an accomplishment. And if you're like him, the expectation is so high that no matter what you do, it doesn't seem like it's enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally felt it when he said that he, uh, how did he put it about being like disrespected? Like he could show yeah. up looking pretty fucking good and people just be like, man. Yep. And, and I, I remember thinking that was weird. And then I remember like, you know, seeing him in person when he won the Tampa Right. And I was like, oh, my God. And then, like, that year at the Olympia, like, no one was talking about him. Yep. And I was like, I saw this guy at the Tampa, and he's fucking nuts. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's definitely no one that stands next to Akeem and makes him not look crazy. No, it's 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 uh, the next level. So, you know, last year obviously wasn't a surprise. And yeah. uh, I'm really happy for him that he's going back, you know? What, what are your plans for this evening, Dusty? Are you turning on the TV and watching the rest of the election or what? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'll I'll be watching the rest of the election. I'll be I'll be hoping that we actually find out tonight, uh, so we can. Uh, I'm a. I'm hoping I get my news I want, and then I'm also hoping I put it in my rearview mirror and call it a day. But uh, I got a I got a hot date with these two dogs at the dog park first because they're a little pissed. I missed their six o'clock showing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, go go make them happy. No okay. doubt. We'll catch up uh, next week in a couple of days. Yeah. So remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, hit bell. the bell. Thanks for everything, everybody. Remember, it's just bodybuilding. <laughs>